Yo, what's up? It is Jamil. How y'all feeling? How y'all doing? Jared. What's happening? How you doing? You know, highly blessed and favored. Oh, that's a positive outlook. I know. I'm, 2020. I'm liking it. I'm living for it. But episode six. Oh, yeah. How stoked are you to have Dos Dos coming through? I mean, oh, say it twice. Say it twice. <laughs> I am that name so nice. You got to say it twice. Oh, get out of town. It's like that Madagascar. My name is Moto Moto. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm super stoked to have him in the studio and just having a bit of a chat about what he, what his new releases, yeah, his new song, and just having a deep dive into his process of creative thought. I'm just so stoked to be back in the studio. Mm, that right? too. After this drama, <laughs> it's keen to get back to some some sort of normal. It's the new normal. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Nah, Shut up. It's like the new drama. The old normal is the new normal. I love it. <laughs> you know how much I love telenovelas. Oh. So, you know, <laughs> I love the drama. But anyway, episode six, we're in it to win it. Yeah. Let's sure. kick it off, yeah? Yeah. So let me let me get it done, yeah. So to start off, we would like to recognize this country as being the lands taken care of by the traditional owners. We would like to acknowledge the Yagra and Turbul people in whose lands we're recording. We pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as the First Nation peoples of Australia. Thank you, Jared. Yeah. No, so what have you. you been up to, though? It's been pretty tough. Mm. It's been, man, the weather in the last month has just been absolutely perla every day. So we've been trying to get out... Um, as far as reasonable, like we're not we're not pushing anything. We just within your going fifty down, kilometers. Yeah, going down to the park, going for some runs, trying to stay active, trying not to just get caught up at home and. Oh, hold up! Being active, so you're doing this whole twenty-one day push-up <laughs> oh, <yeah>. challenge. <laughs> I don't know about uh, being so successful at that. We, I'm doing it. You're but... doing it. That's the success of it. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Ashley. That bastard and all the rest of the guys. Oh, are he's like, a bastard oh, now. He's a bastard, oh, he's a bastard, 100. What yeah. heat! Yeah, I mean, how how many more push-ups do you have left? Thousand two hundred or thousand three hundred? Oh, not too many. <laughs> yeah, we can we can Look, clean it out in one morning. I said this to you before. Everyone's like gonna be like slugs, and you're just gonna be out here ripped like <laughs> yeah, Arnold Schwarzer, whatever. Definitely not ripped, but yes, I've been trying Look, to stay I'm active. giving you positivity. <laughs> just, just okay. let me have Thank this Thank you moment. so much. Everyone's like a slug and I'm not sweet. <laughs> well, that's good. You've been trying to adapt as much as you can. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And you? What's, what's been your story? Keeping on, keeping on. Hustling with new ideas and projects, trying to keep on track with work. You know. Actually, we had, a, um, we had our first picnic with the group. And it was going to be just about 10 people, but mm. it turned out to be like a little over the restriction threshold. It does snowball a little bit. It does. As soon as you're like, oh, yeah, we'll have a few people over. And then people hear about it and they're like, I want mm -hmm. to be part of that. Mm -hmm. But the worst thing for us was the food situation. We always forget like, you know, someone should just bring the dip and the others should bring the chips. Instead, we get like five packets of one same flavor <laughs> of chip. <laughs> 
and then no healthy fruit. One person brings one piece of watermelon. It's a whole situation. But you know what? At the end of the day, everybody goes home with gift packs and lunch for the week. Oh, yeah. So, for sure. you know, it's a good time. So, we're going to be doing something a little different um, instead of our F5, that playlist. Yeah. We're going to do... Jared, have you thought of a name? Quick, tell me now. No, don't put so much pressure on me. Uh, built in Brisbane or uh, something along those lines. <clears throat> Brisbane Built. You oh. know what? Bear with us, guys. We're changing the name. But yeah, this is our alternative oh, oh. alternative F5 that playlist called Brisbane Built. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so I suppose on this segment, we just want to highlight local businesses yeah. and showcase places that we frequent and enjoy as as a way of um, giving a shout out and doing what we can to promote local, especially in these times when most of these businesses have been struggling or under the pump. So, Absolutely. Do you, you want to give us a rundown? Oh, yeah, I can start with mine. Sure. So number one on my list and the... I suppose the guys that have been putting it down for me the longest uh, is uh, Pinnacle Barbershop. Um, so they're based out in New Farm. And uh, they were first haircut I got in Australia was from them. And they had just opened up a really cool spot, just beers while you wait. And if you want to talk shit, they list, they're willing to listen and get involved. And if you don't want to talk, they won't talk to you. You know, like it's just a good space. Um, Sorry, is it like a pinnacle moment for you? I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so, yes, uh, shout out to the guys at Pinnacle Barbershop for putting it down and they've adapted really well to the current situation. So um, you can get them on Instagram and uh, they've got a really – it's a pretty easy booking system. So it used to be just arrive and get your hair cut. Um, but now with obviously the restrictions, they've uh, set up a – a booking system which is really good and i suppose one of the the cool things about going to that shop doesn't matter which one of the guys you get you're always going to come out looking fresh so mm. don't worry about who you book just any one of them and you getting quality so shout out to them and yeah go go support i think uh second on my list is uh, a spot that i've been to a few times and i've seen them working really hard through this to to adapt to the current situation, that's a scratch bar. Um, and they run a scratch bottle shop. So it's a little bar in Tawong. Ops, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just, I can't, I can't remember the name. It's just off uh, Coro Drive. Um, and what they've been doing is just selling craft beers. and turned into, Yeah, turned into a little uh, bottle which is really cool, really innovative. So, um, I mean really good quality beer so get out there and support the guys because they've been working really hard through these times to just keep it going and um yeah the beer is good what more can you want cold beer (laughs) there's two criteria cold and beer and they've got it right what do you think jared's favorite beverage (laughs) water soda water shut Um, up and then i suppose the next guy's similar Along the similar line is Netherworld. Ooh. They arcade bar in the valley. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing really good stuff as well, like similar craft beers, but they've been putting out some food. And they've been working hard. They've been adapting as well just to 
yeah just to to keep going and and just make sure that at the end of it we got somewhere to go and have a few beers play a few arcade games and they're very um um you know they support a lot of our creative artists as well with their art exhibitions that are always held there <clears throat> as well as a street design artists and people that were in the latest Brisbane street art festival yeah so they're one for the books in the world yeah so shout out to them and then i suppose i was just thinking about people that have helped me through uh like quiet times with with content that they've been putting up and one of the guys that I was chatting to you about on the weekend his name's Dutch Dusty Rich South African born chap that uh from my hometown but he's out I think he was in the Gold Coast but he's Brisbane based and um comedian he's always at the the comedy festivals and stuff but obviously with everything being shut down um he's a really good artist as well so he's started a little art channel He's done a few art installations, so I mean, go check him out. He, he's what's yeah. his handle? Oh, so if you just go to dustyrich.com um, or dustyrichart on Instagram, he's got or dustyrich on Instagram. So I mean, there's a little shop where you can buy a few t-shirts, or even if it's just man, just putting it out on your social, like sharing sharing people and sharing their content. He's just uh, you would have seen on our Instagram last week. He had he's got a series of he's just done a pair of custom pair of shoes and he's done a custom uh, wooden frame for the shoes. So he's got a few videos out at the moment for his work and uh, yeah, it's just something fun to watch and I think it's like someone that you want to get behind and just support. And then um, number five, I suppose it's general. I mean, with Dos coming on our show, but later it's just to say. All the musicians that people are are listening to in these tough times, local musicians, just you don't have to you don't have to support them by necessarily going to a show or monetary. It's just sharing their music and just listening to their yeah, music. Listening stream to, yeah, listening to streaming. Exactly. Yeah. Just getting in and listening to their music and, and getting their numbers up. I mean, that's a really good starting point and sharing their content that they put out on social media and uh, a few a, f- a few words every now and again. Oh, I really like the song. A little bit of support, I think, goes a long way for, for guys that might be doing a bit harder. Mm. So those are my five. Love it. We'll be adding this to our social feed anyway. We're going to do a little version of that on the Instagram. Uh, but to get into mine, um, it's National Reconciliation Week um, on the 27th of May to the 3rd of June. The theme this year is in this together because 2020 marks the 20th anniversary uh, from 2000 for the Reconciliation Walks, where people across Australia came together to show solidarity, justice and equality for all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So I'm encouraging everyone to educate yourself on the lands you reside on or the history that isn't taught in our schools and to just listen. I think the best way to learn things is by listening. And just be an active participant in that regard. I'd also like to shout out one of my friends. Her mum has this business over in Everton Hills and it's called the Little Olive Baby Boutique. And I think it's a great place for new parents or anyone finding a gift for a friend that is about to have a new bundle of oh, joy. I need to keep that on the list. I've got a few of those around. Yeah, and their website is really good too because they have, what do you call it, quizzes. So who it could be for like a boss mom or like a new mom or 
things like that. So yeah, go check them out, Little Olive Baby Boutique. And then I have another one called Black Lash Creative, which is an Indigenous-owned business that delivers cultural events and creative projects that showcase Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices. They also have a collaboration with Open House West End, which is between Box Vintage and Local Makers Collective. And it's a curated retail space, which transforms into an art gallery for one night only for exhibitions throughout the year. And they're located at 73 Vulture Street, West End. So, you know, it's a retail space, so you can pick up all kinds of art pieces, home decor, um, a lot of Indigenous art as well. So go out and support them. Actually, I got connections to that because one of the guys that <laughs> founded, co-founded this project is um, one of my mentors when I was in university. So shout out to Troy Casey. Also for makeup artists, I would like to shout out Bai Mokan, who you can find on Instagram at Bai, M-O-C-H-A-N. And she's also one of the co-founders of Fern Collective, which is all about projecting, you know, marginalised communities and, you know, putting that out into this space and supporting minority, marginalised communities, especially Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders in the creative area. So go check her out. And I would also like to shout out another two friends of mine. Oh, always. So, so many mates. Well, there is. like <laughs> So my friend, but it's her sister's. So I would really recommend checking out Chabu Designs. That's C-H-A-B-O-O Designs. She is a graphic designer, but she does these amazing little bowls that she decorates. It's just, you have to go check out her Instagram. So she does a lot of home decor kind of stuff and murals. And Kyra Jo, who's another graphic designer. So I really encourage, if you're looking for graphic designers, illustrators um, like that, go and check out these amazing Indigenous artists that are very local, very much local. And yeah, that is my alternative list yeah thank you that's really cool like i think that's a, a good approach oh to, yeah i to, wanted to get, do it in preparation for next national reconciliation yeah, week that's really cool because then we have nadoc week but um so far it's been postponed but i'm pretty sure it'll be coming back so excuse the ignorance but do you mind discussing a little bit around the reconciliation week and Na nato week is that how you pronounce it nadoc nadoc week oh yeah Mm-hmm. So NADOC actually stands for the National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee. So that happens at the first full week in July each year. Yeah. And it basically just celebrates the history, culture and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. I'm asking for me, but I'm sure other people listening will also want to know, how, how do you get involved? What would you suggest people do to get involved in these kind of events or events around these times in the year? Well, of course, you can go to the Reconciliation um, website or you can also go to, you know, the NADOC website as well. That gives you a lot of resources, but it's also about um, you can, if COVID wasn't happening right now, we would be going to Musgrave Park, which is around the corner from here yep. for the NADOC celebrations that we have. But, yeah, you just have to get online. Okay, cool. I will shout out one place, which is the Blackfella Book Club, which you can find on Instagram. And they showcase a lot of um, different stories, not, yeah, stories written by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And they have one out. Their latest post is about 
the nuclear testing that used to happen in South Australia, which not a lot of people know about. Um, and I remember my mum telling me about this because she said they, they, um, they flew over these remote communities and they just had leaflets that they just threw out of the plane. And they, you know, they don't know English. They weren't, this wasn't anything to them. They just saw this piece of paper and it was just saying that, you know, we're doing all these different kinds of tests. What does that mean? That means nothing to them. So I, um, if you want to learn more about these things um, in history that is not really taught, I would encourage you to go to Blackfellow Book Club, um, which is a thinking platform which shares different kinds of literature. And what I was just talking about was the Anagu story. So yeah, I would encourage you to check that out, which is very good. Um, and again, that happened in the 1950s, that realm. So yeah. Let's get into the interview with Dostas. Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, so tonight we've been blessed to have Dos or Hayden uh, join us. And thank you very much for coming through. Really appreciate you taking some time out and spending the afternoon with us. No, so. Absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So we, we might jump into a few questions just to get it going, just for to sure. open it up and... Um, Bro, so I was, I've just been, I've been hundred percent being the stalker, looking through stuff over the last couple of weeks, bro. Like after we chatted, I think it was last year. I don't know where the year's gone, but I think it was last year we came through to one of your events and yeah, yeah. been listening to your music and stuff. So, man, like I knew your music from our interaction mm. has been on my regular Spotify playlist. Just Thank you, keeping sir. it going. But then I suppose in the last couple of weeks. I like to like do a bit of a dive into people, see where they're from, what what their story is about, who they are, and stuff. So, I mean, I saw you had some success with um, your songs "Wingspan" and um, "Starlight Engine Energy" that you had under a slightly different name. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of went quiet for a little while. That's it. Did was that a time of introspection, kind of? What, how was that? What? How does that play into where you are now, and how has that shaped you and changing changing your name? And um, I really wish that I could say something more flattering <laughs> about myself, but you know. And when I say flattering, I mean like, yeah, it was a time of introspection. <laughs> but honestly, I just had put a lot of time and effort into a bunch of music that I put out, and while some people received it and really liked it i personally was just pretty disappointed um because <laughs> disappointed how oh i'm just really hard on myself man um when i put stuff out um and i i had really pushed myself to work on this stuff and finish it and put it out and promote it and all that um because i felt like if i didn't release it it was like sunk time um so like i i was suckered into the sunk cost fallacy you know um and then once all that was out i realized that like oh man like i kind of just wish i didn't put it up um but it it was done um so then i just like wanted to improve just get better um focus on other things as well like i started producing more for other artists, um, got into booking live shows and stuff like that as well. And then 
after having a little break. I think like I put on enough shows that I got frustrated watching everyone else perform (laughs) and then I got hungry again to make music um, and then came back at it from the perspective of making sure that when I fired my shot, I was going to be really happy with it. Yeah. So I guess I, I don't want to use the term like perfectionist, but I definitely just like had to take some time to raise my standards, I think, for myself. And uh, around the change in name, do you think that was just a, a rebranding or just a fresh start coming out of that? Or yeah, yeah. Or was it just a more like mature approach? Or I think, yeah. I mean, more mature approach is probably the right term to match what I was thinking at the time. Like, as you probably know, like the last iteration was Young DOS mm-hmm. and then Drop the Young, Add Another DOS. Yeah. I guess it kind of felt like growth yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, bro, from our interactions, or maybe I should speak from me and not on Jamil's behalf, but <laughs> our interaction with the Brisbane um, creative scene, it seems mm. that it's quite supportive, mutual respect, and and those, you know, generally people are trying to help each other and work together. But from your most recent song, uh, some... There were a few lyrics around, uh, you know, burning some bridges and how how does your view of the Brisbane scene, how, what do you see of it and how do you feel about it from that respect? Um, I think you're right in that the Brisbane scene is really um, supportive and stuff like that. Um, and the lyrics that were in some weren't, so much explicit in terms of uh, people that I know or my own experiences, but it was more just like flexing and like yeah. that battle rap yeah. style, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also I think maybe even more directed to people who were in my more distant past. Yeah, for sure. Um, people who might have like, I don't know, wrote me off when I was younger or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um and then I guess it also ties into like the answer to your last question about setting a higher standard for myself, leading to myself, becoming more confident in what I was doing and being more comfortable burning those bridges. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, getting it's kind of like, well, I'm actually ready to just like call it yeah. <laughs> and say like I actually don't need these uh connections. Yeah. Or whatever. Um But yeah, in terms of the Brisbane scene, I don't think it I was um, trying to make any like commentary on that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, if some people um, interpret it that way, that's actually kind (laughs) of cool though. Like I would be interested to know how many people have um, because that might mean that some people view it that way. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think think as a listener, you always get something out of a song different than what the creator originally, you know, you put your own emotions into it. Mm. and your understanding of something into it so yeah it's just a different thought pattern and that i mean with those type of lyrics i was like oh damn you know something's happening so yeah i mean yeah yeah oh sorry jamil Mm, go ahead go ahead um i was just gonna say about uh the listeners like interpreting songs in their own way like i love that idea and i can like completely agree and i think like good music should be open to interpretation I think like if you manage to convey like an energy yeah. or just 
a vibe that people can project their own ideas onto, then that's yeah. like you're onto a winner. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know I when I was having a look at your questions prior to this, I um I was thinking of that Rumi quote between that right and wrong. Because when I was listening to it, it's very you are thinking about your past and how it is reflected into your present moment and what you're doing to move on and progress from that point. Mm. And I, you know, I was deciphering between the, you know, the right and wrong. Is that really good and bad? And it's not, is it? You can't perceive it as good and you can't perceive it as bad. You can only perceive it as a, an experience that you're moving on and you've grown from. Yeah. That's what I'm pointing yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. Like it is what it is. I completely agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think anything else needs to be said about that. Like it's just true in my opinion mm -hmm. and it's almost impossible to like respond to that without building on cliches you know what I mean yeah it's just a part of like everybody's growth mm -hmm. right there's yeah. no mm -hmm. point in lingering on I don't know a past version of yourself when you are what you are right now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was it an organic process for you because you you started rapping what in 2016 or earlier than that I was actually just explaining to Jared earlier that um when I was still living in New Zealand, mm. I started rapping when I was like a teenager, you know, in like 2006 or some shit, mm -hmm. but didn't know anyone else that rapped or even really made music at all. Um, so it was just spent like five years maybe just kind of like fumbling around in the dark, trying to make music, but really not knowing how or if it was even good. Mm -hmm. um, and then life just happened. So I stopped for whatever reason, I honestly don't even know. Um, and then, yeah, a, around 2016, I, like, couldn't shake this sort of, like, feeling I would have when I was listening to music that I really, like, strongly connected with of just, like, oh, my God, imagine what it would feel like to make something that someone else heard and uh, had this feeling towards. And then it was sort of just like, well, actually, <laughs> you quit, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you you put music to the side. So, like, don't pity yourself. Just start again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I did. Such a good ethos. You have such a just keep doing, like, this self-determination, keep pushing forward kind of ideal. Is Thank that you. basically your your entire principle in life, really, just to keep pushing forward? Or Yeah. Um Yeah, <laughs> um, I've like had a pretty sort of like complicated history with like depression and mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds kind of corny and lame, but I think you just have to adopt that mindset. Absolutely. And you have to find something about yourself to love and believe in if you're going to overcome mental illness, mm -hmm. I think. Um and it takes a really long time, you know. It took me a decade. Yeah. Um, but that is my approach now. I don't think there's anything that I can't really do if I want to do it. Um, and to not have that confidence in yourself kind of just isn't giving yourself an opportunity, you know. It's kind of just like closing a door. Yep. <clears throat> And I guess that kind of ties in with how we were talking about the Brisbane scene is very supportive. Yeah. And I feel like 
those kinds of areas and especially for men in mental health it's an important thing that we do support that mm. yeah um it's actually kind of interesting that you say that because like this single that i have coming up uh no time i wrote and realized that it kind of indirectly addresses that in a sense right um but in a much more pessimistic way than what you just said. Oh. Um, in that I think the live music scene in Brisbane is, yeah, really supportive, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't leave a lot of space for people to be authentic and kind of open up and show their vulnerabilities. Like, and I mean, I'm not saying this is even unique to Brisbane. Maybe it's just in any city, but when you're – in the club at a live show or whatever that environment sort of demands that you interact and project in a certain way to even look like you belong there a facade yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Um, confidence and exactly um and like particularly in hip-hop like i hate to say it but people are oh like you're a you're a rapper cool whatever (laughs) um and you know every other rapper is trying to act like a rapper and you, I don't know, it's this weird sort of like echo chamber. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't think there is a lot of space to uh, to be vulnerable. And there's a lot of support on like the surface level. But I don't think there's a lot of uh, personal support, if that makes sense. Right. And yeah. do you feel that this is something that you want to push or highlight more and with your new single, I suppose, is that the impact you're trying to push? Somewhat. It would be a nice side effect mm-hmm. of the release, you know. Um, I always, my only intention with music is just to make it because I love doing it and put it out and hope that other people love it as well. Um, but I have been a little bit conscious of the possibility for that to happen. Um, so if that was to happen, I'd be like thrilled if it started a conversation or even between like two people, but it's not the goal, if you know what I mean. It's just a lingering thing, not a lingering, but a, a byproduct. Yeah. yeah. Something larger. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if someone wants to view it as being like the core purpose of that song, then they can't, you know what I mean? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, when you created um, deep level in two, what 2018 what what goals had you set out what what was your what was your ambition when setting that that up it was pretty selfish to be honest um it wasn't about growing the scene or anything like that um i was just just rapping doing my music and i didn't really know anyone else who was doing hip-hop because i moved here at the age of like 20, um, which is like an awkward time in terms of like friend groups, I think, because everyone's growing out of... Dude, it's so weird to make friends when you pass like uni level. Like yeah, right. Once you get to that age, it's just like <laughs> weird. Like, come hang out with me. Like, no, nah, it's weird. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's very awkward. Um, everyone's either, yeah, in their like already in their kind of like work friend groups or their, I don't know maybe still in their school friend groups or whatever. So um, I didn't know anyone else who was making hip-hop. Um, and 
I wanted to be like playing shows. So I just thought like, well, I'll just put some shit on, you know? Um, So I just started hitting people up and saying, hey, like I'm booking shows. And eventually people just like noticed what was happening, I suppose. (laughs) Um, So yeah, originally I was just trying to like book shows that I could be on the headline (laughs) or not even on the headline, sorry, just on the lineup for. Um, and then I realized like, wow, actually this is pretty valuable to people. Like people really like this. So kept going and now there's like a bit of financial incentive as well. So it's like a win-win for a lot of people, I guess. Oh, I know talking from my aspect, we really enjoyed that we came through that one night and it's just like, I suppose there's something about live music that's so much more authentic than just listening to something on a CD or something online or whatever. It was just, I don't know, it was really good. It was really, I suppose, raw in a sense. And it was just, yeah, it was good. Like yeah. a good night out and a few beers and some good music. Absolutely, man. I agree with you about the rawness, particularly with hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there there are some music in Brisbane that I wouldn't listen to on record just because, I don't know, it's not the same as if I was seeing it on a stage. Yeah. And that it's not to mean I mean, there's probably some music that I'd listen to on record that I wouldn't want to see live, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like at a hip hop show where there might be like five rappers on the bill or whatever, I think yeah, there's just like a cool energy and it is really raw often. Yeah. Um you never know what an artist might sound like on a particular night. It's like some unpredictability it's good yeah i mean when we were there i think it was um, death co uh oh, thanks and uh a few other guys just got up on stage mid sets I, I i didn't seem it didn't seem to be like planned or anything and they just got on and did a few songs together got off stage I, like i really enjoyed that yeah authentic authenticity of the of the moment it was pretty good yeah for sure and um, like for artists, myself included, it's just exciting, man, because it's like your passion, you know? Yeah. So even though like it was never my plan, it's pretty cool to be able to have an artist come up to you after their sh- set be like, you know, like, thank you so much, bro. Like, I'll never forget this night or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't get super sentimental about a lot of things, <laughs> but that's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose... uh leading on from that what's what's the outlook for for continuing with those gigs are you planning to get back into it when when the time permits and when the regulations permit or is that something that may be changing no it is it is the plan um i think off the top of my head and you guys can correct me if maybe you know but um by the end of july i think the federal government wants gatherings of up to 100 people in venues yeah. to be allowed again, uh, which for me signals a time that you should probably start putting shows on again. So, like, I'm looking at a couple of August dates oh, cool. at the moment for some events. Um, <clears throat> and then, I mean, by the end of this year, though, if everything has opened up and returned to some level of normalcy, I think maybe I want to take a little bit more of a hands-off approach to doing events. I'd like to still be uh, 
still be making things happen, but I don't know if I have the energy to always be there. <laughs> um, I'm pretty introverted, so. Oh, we came through. It was uh, we went and watched a rugby game at Suncorp Stadium at the start of the year. It was uh, I can't remember who was on your lineup, um, but we came through on the way back. Mm. Stopped in for a while, and it was was going wild like it was people spilling out into the streets it was like a big night i think uh yeah i remember that was actually a really good night yeah it was it was banging and it was it was a group of my my mates just and i was like we've got to go in we we went and had a few beers and stuff it was really good yeah was, cool uh, yeah. i can't remember had i did i message you guys and invite you or did you just randomly turn up that night the first night, I think the first time we came through, you had you had slid into the DMs, and said, "Put come come through, and yeah, cool, come through and see what's happening with yeah, our, yeah." And that was yeah. Oh well, appreciate good, it. Thank good you. Good timing then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad it was, it was like time. a a good show, not some like dud. All your shows are good. Never <laughs> done. What are you talking about? We're excited that we get to listen to like new emerging hip hop artists because. Yeah. I think that was one of my things that I didn't even know that we had this underground underground hip-hop scene here. And I really like the idea that we do have ciphers, I suppose. Mm. Um, but it, is that what you wanted to get into, ciphers, or did you, what was your whole idea of being a rap artist? Was it more into production or spoken word? Man, that's a really good question. I think, I don't think I had any explicit direction in mind. I think it was a combination of having too many feelings and also wanting to be as cool as some of the artists <laughs> I listened to. Um, and then it's like, well, those guys talk about their feelings and they're really cool. So maybe if I talk about my feelings, some people might think I'm as cool as they are. Wow. And then I realised that I just love doing it. So now I do it because it's just what I do. <laughs> For the passion. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just do, like, you, do you create your own beats? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty adamant, pretty stubborn about not using anyone else's beats. I like producing my own shit. Yeah. Because I think it makes me like distinct. Yep. Are you self-taught or? Yeah. You? Wow. I mean- there are things that you always pick up from other people. Mm -hmm. Like if you're collaborating with someone, you'll like look over their shoulder and pick up a little trick or two. But yeah, mostly self-taught. Pretty cool, dude. What's your, um, so far in your career, what's your greatest accomplishment, do you think, thus far? Or collaboration? Hmm. Uh, I hate to, I, I really am not trying to like dodge the question, but I guess it depends how you define accomplishment. Anything you perceive as something that you've reached a milestone and you're proud of yourself. Yeah. I think that's it. Like something that you're proud of, not like, not monetary or yeah, that, just like whatever you're stoked sense. about. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds maybe a bit wishy-washy, but probably a year ago, I realized that every time I sit down to make some music, I can make something that I like, um, which was pretty cool. <laughs> I got pretty like excited 
I had kind of like looked back at the last maybe like few projects I had just like doodled was like, shit, I'm actually not making that much bad music at the moment. (laughs) And I kind of realized that after years of, you know, hits and misses or trying to capture lightning in a bottle, I had finally, I think, developed maybe enough taste or enough skill to be able to consistently make good shit, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm the only one that has to like it. So, yeah, that was good. That's really cool, man. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose uh, maybe just jumping back to one of the the predetermined questions. Um, So I was reading through a few articles and you were, uh, I think 2018, you you had an interview where you were talking on isolation um, with regards to your track Jericho. Mm. And I think this is what I, what I picked up and it seemed fairly relevant to our current situation. It said, I feel there's a cycle having those feelings of isolation, trying to overcome that through creative means, accomplishing that and then realizing it may not have been for any great purpose. <laughs> and uh, I suppose it's leading on from your mental health uh, discussions earlier and that, how do you feel through this, maybe we haven't been affected so badly, but through this past three months of isolation, have you found music to be something that you, you go to as a, like to help you with your mental health or help you to get through like tough times or have you kind of drifted a bit away from it? I really drifted away from my own music. Um, like, as I mentioned before, before we were recording, like I um, lost my job as a result of like COVID. So I've just been, you know, spending like a lot of time at home. Um, and it's pretty hard when you get up in the morning and all you're doing is kicking about your own house to feel motivated to do anything. Um, so probably took me like two months <laughs> to really push myself to actually make music again. Um, but then, yeah, when I sort of like broke through that barrier again, that was really helpful. Um, and I think, yeah, it lit a fire under me. So um, in terms of my own music, I guess it has helped somewhat. But I think more so I realized the importance of music in general. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, almost everybody would agree that music, film, literature to an extent, I suppose, are probably the only things that have made isolation bearable. Um, And I guess that, like, triggers a broader discussion around the value of the arts, in my opinion. Um, Particularly when you see um, a lot of artists uh, ineligible for financial assistance and stuff like that or falling through the cracks with shit like job seeker or yeah whatever you know so um yeah i mean we were we were jamil and i were having a discussion on the weekend when we had our pre-show meeting and i suppose we were touching on those very same kind of topics about have you know seeing artists whether it be graphic or musical or whatever they may be kind of changing their their approach to to their art form during these times to try and make money. Mm-hmm. And um, I suppose we were discussing the the balance between 
integrity of your art and making money to survive and how in in these times people are kind of just shifting towards i need to make money just to get through whether it be putting out tattoo artists yeah 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 yeah, tattoo artists that are putting out now just you know and i'm not saying it's a bad thing but they they're doing hand-painted vinyls or people putting out t-shirts and stuff where it's just to supplement their income and how that uh, affects their their values on on the art that they do yeah i think it's definitely a pretty like pertinent issue that has arisen um or pertinent to people that value the arts at least um and i I, like i had similar thoughts particularly around um like live streaming concerts yeah or not concerts sorry about live streaming performances um because maybe contrary to some people i just really don't want to be there to watch someone play a set from their living room because i think it's kind of just sad and underwhelming yeah no matter even like it could be my favorite artist you know but i probably wouldn't watch it um but artists feel like they have to constantly be churning something out or to be visible or you know have something to post about on social media on in the hopes that someone will then see that post and then go and stream their music in response to it or whatever so uh, yeah i think people I mean, I I guess some creatives are pivoting without letting their standards or quality slip. Yeah. But I think in some instances, such as the live streamed performances, you almost inherently have to just bite the bullet and be like, well, this is going to kind of suck, but I want to be doing something. Mm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like a lot of people have done that. So. Yeah, I was actually, it was pretty interesting. I I saw a few a few creatives from... South Africa putting up posts where you could buy tickets to their streaming events, which I thought was a bit really. Strange. Yeah, I know. Normally, the people have just been streaming, like listen to me play music, and they'll stream it. Now you have to buy tickets to get entry onto the live stream, which I thought was, I suppose that's that's where I started thinking about it. It's like, as you say, it's not going to be the most amazing yeah. performance you ever see, and now they're just like churning out money just to survive, I suppose. yeah kind of leaves a kind of leaves a bit of a bad taste in your mouth going forward like do you you know last the last experience you have with them is watching it on your cell phone yeah um i saw someone uh, i saw a pretty like prominent uh local music industry person sharing an article on facebook recently and like i won't like you know drop names but she definitely knows her shit. Yeah. Um, and it was an article describing how polls have revealed like a huge lapse in understanding for people in terms of the jobs provided through the coal sector and the arts. Um, and so the coal sector provides 50,000 jobs roughly in Australia and the arts, if I remember correctly, provides around 120,000. Um, but every election cycle, coal subsidization, jobs and growth <laughs> is just such a huge fucking discussion. Yeah. And the arts is just, if you're lucky, like an absolute fringe issue in an election. 
um, or in the majority of people's conversations or if you look at media coverage or yeah. whatever else, you know, like uh, the coal industry is always at the forefront. Um, and then when you consider the tens of billions of dollars of subsidization that state and federal government gives to the coal industry mm-hmm. yearly and compare that to the pittance that's given to the arts broadly, yeah. it's pretty sad. Um, <laughs> and like all of that, or, you know, the vast majority of that, uh, profit revenue, uh, sorry, profit slash revenue generated by the coal sector is going offshore. Yeah. It's like, you know, probably four or five multinationals that control coal production in Australia. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just night and day, dude, yeah. you know? Uh, as and then you look at the revenue generated through the arts. Probably a lot of it is going offshore as well, but a far, far higher portion of it is going into the pockets of people in the community. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's been one big thing that I've been surprised by. Um, was so as much as this support and community and stuff that we that I've seen in local creatives working together and that there doesn't seem to be as big a drive in Australia to shop local and support small business as I thought there would be. Maybe that was just a like a preconceived misconception about how people think in the first world. But um, yeah, definitely I think there needs to be a push for not anti-big companies, but more pro smaller companies and pro supporting your your community shops just the corner shop or the the corner restaurant and going to the local pub and getting involved with supporting small businesses and um like you're saying all the people that that kind of fall through the cracks in this time and the support that music and literature and art plays in a in a time that might be putting strain on people's mental health without having that support from government is pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, I, I guess it's a possible silver lining of the whole COVID scenario, you know, if more people can come out of it with some more appreciation. Yeah. I think, like, realistically, it's never going to be, like, a significant enough political issue yeah. for to change in the long term. But No, well, after, what, earlier, was it this year or last year, they just amalgamated and then they cut the... Arts funding by a great portion. Mm, exactly. And, so, <laughs> and even what? like the ABC, which is, you know, only partly an arts organisation, um, has lost hundreds of millions of dollars of funding over the past few years. Um, so even the institutions surrounding the arts sector are underfunded, mm. you know, like um, I don't know if Triple J might be a victim of that funding cut or maybe Triple J is seen as being important enough to maintain the budget on. But, you know, for a lot of artists in Australia, getting onto Triple J is seen as, I guess, the holy grail or the way you break through. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, by undermining and underfunding those organisations as well, it's like there's a... Uh, carry on effect. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Man, this got w- 
weird and political <laughs> way, <laughs> like really gloomy. Tell us about what's coming up for you. What is in your bright future, bro? Like, what? Tell us about the track that's coming out next week, and yeah, give mm. us the plans for the future. Cool. So, yeah, um, first of June, dropping a single called No Time, um, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I'm yeah, pretty proud of this song. It's um, just like a, a solo joint, no features. I produced and mixed it myself, um, and it was mastered by a guy called Liam Melby, who's a weapon. So shout out Liam. Um, so yeah, I got got like a few things in the works around that release. Um, hopefully some some merch on the way for that as well. Um, and after that, I think I'm going to be dropping like one more single, I'd say within two months. So like a pretty quick turnaround. And then I'm going to kind of like hunker down and I think work towards like a 12 track project, which will be my first full length release. Um, assuming it gets finished or I don't get impatient or whatever. I haven't put out like an album before, but I think like I'm ready to sort of challenge myself with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And so you say first time on a, on a 12 track mm. kind of, would would you be working, would you just be sitting down and be like, this month is when I'm going to bash it all out? Or are you working like bits and bits, like working through it over months? And It would be the dream to obviously be able to just – take a month or two and just only make music but you know my life just can't cater to that <laughs> um so it's just yeah chipping away when I can um I typically like you know might take an afternoon when I have it free start a track and then get to a point where I have like five or six tracks that are partly done or at least I have like the bulk of the ideas for and then get to the point where I'm like oh shit I need to finish these Mm -hmm. so then grind pretty hard for like a couple of weeks to just like you know record and mix those to near completion and then move on to new shit but yeah it's kind of how I would approach it I think it is no time set the base theme for your album or is it going to be something a little different? Uh, in a sense, I think it does actually. Um, and it's it's funny because having had so much time on my hands recently in mm. this um, isolation, I've probably mulled this over a bit more than I normally would, but it's probably the, the first track that I've... Uh, created that I think is pretty honest in terms of how I feel. <laughs> I normally kind of like uh, uh, trying to think of the right term for it, but sort of like tiptoe around certain things. Mm-hmm. But um, the way that song turned out kind of made me feel like I'm pretty happy to address stuff uh, in a much more direct way. Um and I think there's a lot from 
my past that I would really like to tackle. Um, we talked about that kind of like always keep moving mentality. And I think that's really good for your day to day. Right. Um, but the sort of self-confidence that I've developed in my own music, I think has led me to a place where I feel like I can do that without being judged. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, this album, I think I would really like to probably be pretty dark. Um, not by virtue of me sitting down and being like, I want to make a really dark album, mm. but I want it to be really honest. And I think it should be uh, personal and an exploration of myself. And I think it'll be dark as a result of that. So no time does set the tone in that regard. I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this album a lot. <laughs> That's I would love that. I hope so. No, we'll push for it. We'll push yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> bro. So I suppose uh, wrapping up on on our time. Do you want to just socials where people can get you mm. contact details? Just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I'm on uh, Twitter at Deep Level Instagram. Uh, what is my Instagram handle? Dos to the Dos. Dos to the Dos. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Thank you, man. <laughs> I'm so hopeless. Um, Facebook, Dos to the Dos, I guess. Dos, Dos, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, please hit me up if you want to criticize me, say some nice <laughs> things, just say what's up, um, listen to my shit. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, and also... I guess I just need to slip in the, the Peter Dutton thing. <laughs> Go for it. Shout out Benji. Um, I prepared this one earlier. It's um, what vanishes more quickly than Peter Dutton's eyebrows? What's that? His dignity. <gasps> oh. oh, I got chills. That was that was that was yeah. hard, man. Honestly, like the the finger potato fucking and producing him one is my go-to. Oh, yeah. oh, but, yeah. It's too much for a Monday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's oh. so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> no, um, one thing we like to ask our artists that come in, um, who is there anyone on your radar that we should be listening to or should be looking at in your term? In your mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a dude, uh, Young Grave. So Y-U-N-G, new word, G-R-A-V-E. Mm -hmm. uh, he's from NZ. Cool. Um, and I knew him from when I was like a teenager going to like these fucking grimy house parties in Christchurch. Um, and we weren't even like close really. We just like fucking kicked it when we did kind of thing. And then we like connected recently again and like he's – just happened to be making hip hop as well. Um, so we're like collaborating on some shit now. Oh, man. And I think he produces some like, yeah, dope, raw music. Um, young Grave. Young Grave, yeah. Joey Legit, another Brisbane dude who might be my favorite local hip hop artist, mm. I think. Um, it's a band named Bark. Yeah. Um, that one. Oh, you, yeah, you guys yeah. were there for that night? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, I mean, on that 
uh, route then, Young Trouble as well, mm-hmm. another one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that'll do. The listeners can't listen to everything, so <laughs> four we just recommendations like to get your top, will do. Top recommendations who we should be listening to yeah. or who we should look out for. I mean, I'm sure I've like fucking overlooked like a really good friend of mine or some shit who's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why didn't you say it? <laughs> but whatever. You um, might not get a message back from them now. Yeah, well, fuck. <laughs> I got other friends. So. <laughs> Ooh, battle words, battle words. Well, we really, really thank you for coming in no, and having a pleasure. discussion with us. Thanks so much, bro. Even though I got like a little bit political there for one moment. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's the conversation that happens. Yeah, so. for sure. Cool, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely be on our socials putting out your songs and looking forward to the new music, bro. Mm-hmm. Really been enjoying it. And the album. Yeah. We're ready. Thanks so much. <laughs> We'll, yeah, it's we'll been keep really reminding, nice. reminding you if it gets too long, we'll be like, hey, bro, we're still waiting on that album. No, I do. <laughs> like, for a sensitive artist, it's nice to have people harass you because it feels like someone cares. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that <laughs> is like, very true. Yeah. Like, it annoys you, but deep down, you're like, oh, yeah. oh <laughs> it's kind of flattering. <laughs> Maybe, like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's dope. Well, thank you and yeah. bless. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Thank you. Well, that was that was really cool having Doss in with us. I really enjoyed that. It's it's so good to hear people's thoughts on a wide variety of topics, even if there's a lot of chat that kind of just comes through that you might not want to chat about or you might not think about. But yeah, I really appreciate people opening up to us and feeling comfortable enough just to chat about anything. Agreed. So. I like that because the conversation just goes anywhere yeah, and they feel flows. comfortable mm. talking about that. Uh, and I think that's the type of environment we want to have is just a comfortable chat. Mm-hmm. The studio has an ambience that does, does that to people. Everybody that comes in says, oh, what an amazing space. So, mm. so think, shout out to Molly. Yeah, straight. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a little bit of a different episode where Normally, we, we're talking about where we're going to go, what we're going to see, what we think you guys should be looking out for, and obviously opening our ears to what you guys think we should be listening to or going to. But unfortunately, at the moment, we kind of just still baby steps back into back into normality. So, I mean, at the moment, I think as, as the limitations and restrictions unfold, we're kind of in the same boat as everyone. So as they unfold and as creatives and music venues start to open up, we'll just, we'll be there. We'll be there to, to promote it and put it on our socials and. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. Do you want to do a whole song for us? <clears throat> <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, not <clears throat> even a me. hesitation. Let me, let me get my Mariah notes going. <laughs> no. But yeah, like Jared said, we'll be putting everything up on our social feeds. We're going to be more interactive with that. Um, we want to start getting more live performances after this restriction oh, has I'm come so down. Excited. So we're definitely on the lookout for some new bands to come through. We definitely have ideas for that. Um, and yeah, we just want to get more people involved with the show. So if you know anybody, hit us up. Or if you are that somebody and you want to come through. Definitely Slide into the up. DMs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with that being said, I'm Jamil. I'm Jared. And we are... Neon Hotline Brisbane.